0: Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Hey, how's your marketing strategy working out these days? Wait, what's that? You're, you're not sure? Oh, oh, you don't have a marketing strategy. Or, or maybe your strategy is to design great architecture and constantly check your inbox for the next email asking you to design your next project. That's not a strategy, that's hope. And successful businesses are not built upon hope. Let's fix that. Let's start with knowing where you are today and then we'll share some ideas and resources to show you how to get to where you wanna go. We've built a great new tool called the Entre Architect Build Your Brand Marketing Scorecard and you may access it right now for free at entrearchitectcom scorecard. My name is Mark R. LePage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 273, and I'm with Xylia Burrows, and she's homeless. Well, not exactly homeless. She's Location Independent. There are people all over the world, young and old, who are selling everything they own and traveling the globe as they work and live as nomads. This week at Entree Architect Podcast, Location Independent Living with Xylea Burros of Charette Venture Group. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and much more at archat.com. FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work you love. And Young Architect Conference, the architecture conference dedicated to the emerging professional. Zylea Burrows, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, Mark.
0: Yeah, this is going to be fun. Let me tell people who you are um, and what you do. Zylea Burrows is a marketing and communication strategist specializing in us, the architecture and design industry. She is uh, currently the director of marketing over at our friends, the Charette Venture Group. Um, And she's a full time nomad and leads workshops on various uh, topics throughout the world, including a recent. Entree Architect Expert Training Session webinar inside the membership at Entree Architect. She taught us how to write a professional bio for our website or LinkedIn or whatever. We need to share our information about ourselves to people who we don't yet know. And she did a great job. It's very interesting. uh, That specific uh, subject of writing a professional bio, I I think it's something that sort of slips through the cracks very often. And that was a really, really good uh, session. If anybody wants to see that session, they can join the membership, and it's there waiting for you in the archives. Um, but while we talked, Xylea, and went through that process of, of that training, um, you and I talked a little bit. I learned a little bit more about you and this nomadic lifestyle that you're living, this independent, um, this location-independent living lifestyle. And I'm fascinated with the whole idea of minimalism and location-independent living. You know, I'm a dad of three kids, and I'm married, and I have a business, and I can't do that, but I love that idea and that the internet will allow people to do that these days. And you know, who knows, someday in the future when the kids are off in college and doing their own thing and Anne-Marie and I are, are free to do what we want and where we want, I would not put that past us because mm-hmm. we would love to travel and I love that idea. And so I wanted to invite you on here almost selfishly because I'm not sure how this is going to apply to small firms, um, but I think it's a fascinating subject and I wanted to talk to you about it and I figured it would be a good conversation here. So um, I wanted to do that. But before we do that, I want you to share your origin story. So go back to where you discovered your passions for what you do today and what inspired you for doing that and, and share that journey from that point to where you find yourself today.
1: hmm great. Yeah, I, so regarding travel, I grew up in a travel family. My mom was a flight attendant for 30 years And my dad was a big traveler before I was born, Um, road tripped all over the United States, hitchhiked. Um, They both are really adventurous people. And my mom's sister and mother, so my grandmother, they're big travelers as well. And I was just very influenced by all of that. So it's in your your blood. Absolutely.
0: Literally.
1: On both sides, absolutely, 100%. And because my parents both worked for TBA which became American Airlines, um, we grew up traveling for free. So while we weren't rich or anything, we, um, I had this amazing privilege of being able to travel, um, for really, really, you know, affordably. So we went to London when I was little, Paris, Rome, Cairo, um, really amazing places. And then my dad has taken me all over the United States. I've been to about 44 States. Wow road tripping and flying. And, you know, on a weekend, my dad would just say, let's go on a day trip to Chicago. I grew up in (laughs) St. Louis. So we'd go to the airport and take the, what, hour flight to Chicago and go to all the museums and eat some hot dogs and then fly back home.
0: (laughs) Wow. What an amazing experience. (laughs) Do you have, do you have any sort of like a really strong memory of one of those trips? Anything sort of a story that, that comes to mind?
1: Sure, you know, the one that actually pops into my mind I forget about a lot is I grew up, uh, I spent a lot of time in Hawaii when I was little and uh, my dad had a really good friend there and I went to year-round school. So I went to school for nine weeks and had three weeks off and we didn't have the three-month summer that most kids have. So maybe that also influenced my life in some way um, because that was pretty non-traditional but um, during those stretches of time during those three weeks off my dad would take his vacation then and we would fly to hawaii and spend lots of time in Kauai. and we would hike we took a helicopter ride you know around Kauai. and i remember we flew through a circle rainbow (laughs) um just really incredible memories and then that same friend of his ended up living on vancouver island for a little while and had a farm and I remember going up there and um, milking goats and, you know, just kind of experiencing farm life. And it really was an incredible childhood,
0: actually. <laughs> yeah. What an opportunity to to live that type of lifestyle, even as a child. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like you were you were really nomadic as as a child. You had a home base and but you had this freedom to to fly, freedom mm-hmm. to, to travel where you wanted to and where you when you wanted to. And, uh, and, and your parents took advantage of that and really gave you some amazing experience.
1: I am very grateful for that because there are people who have the travel benefits, people who work at the airlines, and they don't take advantage of the incredible um, opportunities and perks of that job. So I'm very grateful that my parents um, recognize that. And then my grandmother, I was really close to my mom's mom, uh, she lived in Portland, Oregon, so, and also on the coast of Oregon. And so I grew up spending tons of time and most of my holidays there. And then I ended up moving to Portland later in life and I lived there for 10 years. So, you know, it really did influence my life being able to travel as a kid. So,
0: yeah. And so, so where are you now? Where are you, where are you based right now? Cause you go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm right now I'm in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. It's okay. central Mexico. It's a few hours north of Mexico city where I still have never been, actually. (laughs) Um, But I ended up in San Miguel. I was actually watching a guest house that these artists built in Guanajuato City, which is about an hour and a half north of here. And um, they're Portland artists, and just friends of friends connected me. And I ended up staying there for six weeks. And then I came to San Miguel to visit, and I really loved it, and I found a great place for a month. And I'm here.
0: So, so talk about the lifestyle. Did you, was it an intentional decision to sort of not have a home base um, and sort of have this flexibility to go where you want, when you want and be able to work where you want? Um, Or was it sort of, did it sort of evolve from your childhood? Sort of that's because you've always traveled. You just continued to travel and you just grew up and that's just sort of what happened. Was it intentional or was it sort of by default?
1: Mm-hmm. it was a hundred percent intentional it was a big dream of mine and i worked probably for a year towards making this happen um it was very challenging which i think we'll probably talk about the pros and cons of this lifestyle um i feel like i should go back and tell more of my origin story besides my childhood yeah. um after growing up in st louis i moved to new york city to go to nyu i studied english literature I've always been a big reader and word person, Um, and of course, I work in that area now, but I lived in New York, I studied abroad in London, I was part of a scholars group at NYU, and they flew us to Buenos Aires for 10 days to do a project, so the traveling thing definitely continued through college, and then after that, I moved to Chicago, I lived and worked in Chicago for four years, at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, and then at an independent record label where that's the first time I really got into publicity and becoming a publicist and a PR specialist. So that was really fun. And then after eight years of living in New York and Chicago combined, you know, I was really having this yearning and missing nature and outdoor sports and outdoor adventure, which is really how I grew up, um, with my dad, you know, whitewater rafting and kayaking and hiking and, um, it's really hard in Chicago to do those things, <laughs> um, and certainly London. So I ended up quitting my job, getting rid of m- my very few belongings, and tr- you know I did my first backpacking trip around Europe probably, I guess that was 13 years ago. Um, and that was my first kind of big taste of freedom and the lifestyle I knew I wanted. Um, but just regarding finances, you know, I had about three months and I came back and I ended up moving to Portland. My mom had moved to Portland to be closer to my grandmother and I just kind of ended up in Portland also. And you know, that was a pretty good decision, but you know, I ended up just taking jobs and, um, you know, I ended up working there for 10 years. So. They were great jobs. That's how I got into working in architecture, um, doing communications and marketing and PR for architecture firms. And I was also the programs director at the American Institute of Architects in Portland and helped run events at the Center for Architecture, which were all amazing things. Um, and those were my passions, but the travel passion really went by the wayside. You know, As you know, most Americans only have maybe two weeks vacation a year. And many of us have to use those two weeks to maybe visit family across the country. Or, I mean, even if you want to do a road trip around Oregon, it could take more than a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, our country is vast, and most people don't live in their hometown. Well, most people, I think, in our demographic don't live precisely in their hometown with their parents and their whole families still living there. So, um, you know, a lot of us have to travel just to. You know, see family. So the two weeks vacation, I think, is not enough. And so, I finally just started formulating what my ideal life looked like and my ideal career. And um, that's when I started kind of crafting this idea of this freedom
0: lifestyle. What What was was it just the yearning, or were you influenced by someone or something? Was there something that sort of sparked that, that the idea of the ideal life? to Sort of design what you want your life to look like, and then figure out how to create it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say there is a deep yearning for more, a deep yearning for something else. The nine to you know, you say nine to five, but of course you work more than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> the nine to eight lifestyle, you know, commuting you know, doing the same thing day in day out for me, that was just never me. Um, I love it for people who, who really thrive on that kind of routine. I'm jealous of you. (laughs) Um, But for me, it was just never me. And um, I felt like I was really forcing myself to be something I wasn't. And so there was this deep yearning and this deep feeling that I was not being true to myself, that I was really trying to force myself into a lifestyle that did not feel right. Um, and so, and then I I started looking for other ways of living and there were plenty of examples. Yeah. So I would say the yearning came first and all the examples came second and there are lots of people doing this. I am not the first, um, and I will definitely not be the last, um, It's a it's a movement. I would say it's a huge movement right now. I didn't realize this when I did it when I started, but now I've connected with hundreds of other nomad, professional digital nomads around the world,
2: yeah.
1: and it's absolutely a movement and a wave. I would say.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I think um, th- the the intersection of the technology and the generation who wants that freedom uh, is colliding. And it's becoming a very popular and almost, you know, it's it's not really abnormal anymore. It's just a choice: are you going to do this or are you going to do that? Uh, because the uh, the the technology is there, um, the ability to work from anywhere in the world at any time is there, and so you literally can design your own life and figure out how to make that life happen. Mm-hmm. Can can you explain explain your definition of there or or your interpretation? of that nomadic lifestyle. How, how are you living and what are you doing and how are you working?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can only define it for myself. There are lots of different ways to travel and work. Um, lots of different examples. Sometimes people work in travel itself, you know, where they're traveling Mm -hmm. for work or they, you know, these influencers are very popular right now where they go and like Instagram is their job. You know, so, um, there are lots of different ways to do this, but from my perspective, um, I started my own consulting business. So this was back in summer, 2016, about three years ago.
0: And where were you based at that point?
1: Portland, Oregon Okay. for the previous 10 years.
0: So you started, started the firm while you were, you had a home base.
1: Kind of. Yeah. So I kind of knew I wanted to pursue this lifestyle and that came first. I had some savings. Um, I felt like it was a natural time to leave my previous job. Um, All these things kind of came together at once. Yeah. And then it was summer in Portland, which as any Pacific Northwest people know, you do not leave in summer. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You've you've suffered for nine months. You're not going (laughs) to... You're not going to leave after, after that. So with all the rain, of course. So I, um, I think I left my position in July and then I knew I was going to take a couple months and just take my time, enjoy summer, enjoy my friends, you know, my family, uh, pack up my things. So I really gave myself a two month window and, um, yeah. So my cousin came out, we did this amazing road trip around Oregon and I knew I was going to start my freelance business simultaneously when I really kind of took off and left the country, which was in September. Um, However, um, I'm very lucky. I have a lot of contacts in the Northwest, a lot of great architecture contacts and friends, and I had a firm contact me right away. I think the same month I left my job actually, I think they saw on LinkedIn that I had moved on. And so I actually got contacted by a few people and just kind of started my job a little bit before I intended to. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really great. I mean And I'm so very,
0: so yeah. what are what are you doing that, that can be mobile like that?
1: Sure. So the first two and a half years of my nomad life, I was doing marketing and PR consulting, specifically for architects and engineers. Um and most of those were in Portland because that's where my big network was. Um since I've worked for firms in New York as well. Um, so yeah, just marketing consulting, basically what I was doing in house at a firm in Portland and then very similar to what I'm doing now as director of marketing at CVG.
0: So, so are you doing, are you doing like, uh, writing like press releases and that kind of thing? Or, or what was like, what's your specialty or like, what do you do as a PR Mm -hmm. person that you can do that remotely?
1: Sure. Yeah. I, I I offered a lot of services. Um, Some people might say too many because the trend right now is to really niche down. So I'm kind of investigating that more, but uh, the things I have offered as a freelancer were business development plans for architecture firms, marketing plans, so really setting yourself up, your goals, your big business goals for the year, your financial goals, and then working towards, you know what tactics do you have to use to accomplish those goals? Um, Also, PR, you know, I would do one-off PR services, so if there was a big building that was being wrapped up, um, yeah, I would, of course, I would do the press release, I would come up with a media plan, a media list, and then I would do that outreach myself um, on behalf of the firm. So I would pitch their project to magazines and newspapers and blogs. Um, So that was really successful. And then I've also helped I had a great client the last year or so um, I helped them win a $250,000 grant for mass timber research um, and really I did a lot of website copy writing website content um, PR strategy social media strategy really the whole gamut anything under business development and marketing
0: yeah and you're do, and so you're doing that as you travel so so is all you all you really need is a good Internet connection.
1: Exactly. honestly, it hasn't. I think in the beginning, I've learned a lot, obviously. I mean, in the beginning, um, you know, I was figuring out how to be a freelancer while I was figuring out how to speak Portuguese and like how to live, <laughs> you know how to be living abroad and where to get groceries and things like that when I was in Lisbon for a while. Um, so I would not recommend anyone to take off and figure their new business out on the road. Unless you have tons of savings and you, you can really take your time, um, that's just a side note. <laughs> um, that's that's, I, an <laughs> that's,
0: an import, that's an
2: important
0: That's uh, an important that's an important comment, though. So so if you if somebody was listening and said, "Well, I, I want to do that too. I have the same dream. I want to do that." Um, so do you would you recommend them sort of starting their business, being in a settled place, so they don't really have to worry about where they're living or how they're living, just focus on building this remote uh portable business once Mm -hmm. it's running and you sort of have some systems in place and you know how it works then sort of pull the trigger on travel and and maybe would you i'm gonna let you answer this but would you do this in like little baby steps and try you know go for a weekend and see if you can do it remotely or do you just pull the trigger and say okay i'm i'm moving to portugal and that's that's where i'm (laughs) going and we'll figure it out when i get there
1: you know it really depends on the person Um, I can see good things on on both of those strategies. Um, For me, I pulled the trigger. I definitely am someone who jumps, you know, and the net will catch me kind of person. I figured out on the way. Um, And for me, that's really inspiring, but I definitely don't see anything wrong with doing baby steps and really being strategic. And especially since we're talking mostly to an architect audience, You know, I know you guys, I know architects.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of architects out there who, who can literally do this, who could, who could, you know, travel and do their thing and, and design architecture and do it all remotely. I mean, the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about remote studios and and staffing remote studios. And so Mm -hmm. there's no reason why you couldn't take that studio to the next level and make that studio anywhere you want it to be at any time you want it to be. Mm -hmm.
1: I think that's really inspiring. I would love to see more of that. And um, yeah, just in this case of having an actual business where you have staff that you're responsible for that kind of thing, I would say why not do baby steps? Um, you know, really be strategic about it. Um, definitely start the business in advance. Maybe do some testing. Um, you know, I know a firm that took their staff to Asia for a month. You know, wow. in the winter, yeah. and they're kind of testing it out. And they now they have a couple projects over there and you know, I, you know, I think there are ways to test it out as a small firm and yeah, if you're just one person like me and you don't really have responsibilities like mouths to feed and that kind of thing, I mean, it depends on your level of risk taking and also your level of savings and you know how much you can really risk. Right. But general, I would say figure it out before also really, figure out what your goals are. You know, do you want to see every country in the world or do you just want to live abroad for a while? Or you just really like to surf and Portland is too cold. And maybe you want to surf in Costa Rica for a year and take your business down there. You know, really figure out your goals. Everyone is so different.
0: We'll be right back to our conversation after this quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors, RCAT, cat fresh books, and Young Architect Conference. Are you heading to the AIA Conference on Architecture in Las Vegas this week? Me too. I'll be there. And on Friday, June 7th from 12 to 3 p.m., I'll be joined by my friends Evan Troxell and Cormac Phelan of Arcuspeak Podcast and Lance Psycho of Inside the Firm Podcast for the first ever Arcast. We'll be broadcasting live from the Arcat booth interviewing people who are helping to build a better profession. So join us under the big red A at booth 5735. That's booth 5735. Come say hi. And while you're there, check out what our friends at rcat.com are doing to help you save time and make more money as a small firm entrepreneur architect. That's at the AIA conference expo floor in Las Vegas, on Friday, June 7th from 12 to three at booth 5735. We'll see you there. Do you remember when you started your architecture firm? It was no small feat. It took many late nights and many early mornings. Bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things a little bit easier now? Well, our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners like you. It's simple and it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than the dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. Create and send professional looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part, FreshBooks grows alongside your business. So you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try it for free today, 30 days, no catch, no credit card. Try it for free at entrearchitect.com FreshBooks and enter Entree Architect in the how did you hear about us section. That's entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks. Are you an emerging architect? Do you want to failure proof your career? Then you will want to attend the Young Architect Conference on August 23rd through the 25th in Portland, Oregon. This conference, which was created by Young Architect founder, Mike Rasika, is all about feeding your connection and knowledge necessary to truly succeed in architecture as a young architect. That means you'll learn the next most powerful steps you can take after receiving your license. You'll learn how to be a better leader. You'll learn how to build your brand, stand out in a competitive market, use social media and grow a following. You'll also learn how you can leverage your talent and values to give back in the most meaningful way. You ready to save your spot? Space is limited, so grab it now. Visit entrearchitect.com youngarchitect that's entrearchitectcom youngarchitect and use our promo code entre e n t r e and you'll save one hundred and fifty dollars when you register. That's entrearchitectcom youngarchitect and use the promo code entre. Arcat, FreshBooks, and Young Architect Conference. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the entre architect community. What are some of the hurdles that you've experienced or you've heard other people experience where they've sort of jumped and, and they hit a wall?
1: Well, yeah, I know this guy I met on the Nomad Cruise, which is an amazing conference. I highly recommend. I do not get paid by them, but <laughs> it's completely changed my life. I've gone on three Nomad Cruises, which have crossed the Atlantic Ocean over two weeks with hundreds and hundreds of other digital nomads and working professionals from around the world. Um, So I would highly recommend doing that. Like definitely meet other people who are doing this. Um, That's just another side note, but this person I met on the cruise, he was an aspiring nomad from Hong Kong. and. really, really wants to do this lifestyle. And I think he ended up after the Nomad Cruise, he was so inspired by his 500 new friends from all over the world that he quit his job. He left Hong Kong and now he's in Berlin. And there was I, I just know, you know, for a couple of weeks, he was kind of like, what am I doing? You know, <laughs> uh, like, I don't know about his savings situation, but, you know, I think there's a little bit of panic when people pull the trigger maybe too soon and, but he's figuring it out. Like he he's on this plan. He's getting together his, I guess, a business plan uh, to try to approach investors within the next month. So, I mean, people figure it out. You know, I think if you do pull the trigger quickly and maybe panic, I mean, maybe that helps people be more creative and come up with some solutions.
0: Yeah. You find solutions pretty quickly when it's about feeding yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. So it really, again, it depends on the personality. You know, I think a lot of architects I know are very sensible and would not do that.
0: Yeah, which is Good. Um, how much, how much of it is mindset? Is it, is it a lot of in your head?
1: I would say it's a hundred percent mindset. <laughs> I'm really into studying mindset the last year or so, because mm-hmm. mine was actually very fixed and negative. Yeah. Um, which I didn't realize, and it's kind of surprising, right? When I mean, I've done all these crazy things, and you know, I've traveled the world, and I take all these risks. Um, but really, mine was a very fixed mindset, and I'm really exploring that idea of mindset. And I really think it is 100%. About what your
0: was your mindset mind. before, and what is it now, now that you're more focused on it? Can you repeat that? What What was your mindset before that? When When it was fixed, what was the specifics about that? that was different than your mindset now that you're a little bit more flexible and open about it and you're more aware of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think that mine was pretty fixed and a little bit negative and, um, I can go into, <laughs> I could spend an hour talking about where that might come from, from my childhood, from people in my life. Um, but what, but
0: I, I don't, I mean, you can go there if you want to go, but if, if, no. if, <laughs> yeah, I'm not asking you to, but, but is it, is it, Um, like fear-based? Is it like, is it holding you back from doing something before that type of fixed mindset? Or is it just like, everything isn't going to work? I'm just sort of, you know, negative in terms of, you know, uh, the possibilities of what could happen.
1: Yeah, so I think that for me, and I think for a lot of people, there are these limiting beliefs that we all have. And, you know, the the things that come up in your head when you're like, oh, I wanna quit my job, get rid of all my things, rent out my house, and move to Thailand, you know, the things that come up are, oh, how can that work? Am I, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Can I figure that out? Can I make enough money as a freelancer? Do people like me enough to hire me as a freelancer? Um, am I going to ever make the same salary I made in-house? Um, you know, that's what I'm talking about, like these yeah. limiting beliefs. Yeah that stem from a negative mindset.
0: Yeah, a lot of fear, fear-based.
1: Yeah, they're fear-based. And also this, um, I think everyone has this question of, you know, am I worthy? Am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Can I it happen? Can I do it? Can I survive? Right. I mean, you're really kind of, it really is a survival tactic, or not tactic, but an exercise in survival. Throwing yourself you know, into the wilds of the world. Yeah. Into
0: unknown culture, into unknown (laughs) worlds. You're sort of going into a place that you don't really know how it works and how it functions. And you're going to try to figure out not only how to live within this culture, but how to serve a client base.
1: Absolutely. And those are very different things and they take up a lot of headspace and they're both a lot of energy. So yeah. I mean, for me traveling the world, you know, for three years is a, you know, solo for the most part, you know, it's a, it's every day is new and exciting, but it's also a lot about survival and learning and thinking on your feet, um, and really mindset. So I've definitely, to answer that question, you know, I've improved my mindset. I think a bit. I have a lot of work to do, but you know, now I'm really seeing well what I want is possible. You know, I am worthy. I am <laughs> talented enough at X Y Z. Right. Um, I am worth XYZ. And you know, yeah, I mean, I think I've come a long way and I just encourage other people to look at their mindsets as well. Because you it, don't want it on you, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to to go that way a little bit, just to to for people to understand that it's it sounds exciting and exhilarating and it's you know, you're in a new place every every day, you know, but there's probably also, you know, the downsides to it there's you know there's downsides to everything um yeah. one of the things i wanted to ask you about is is does it does it get lonely does it does it sort of because you're you're traveling solo you know you're going into places by yourself and and you, i'm sure you're making lots of new friends everywhere you go but but th- does that ever sort of come into your head and say oh I, you know i just don't want to do this anymore because i want to sort of go back to where people know me
1: Hmm. i think about this on a daily basis
0: <laughs> yeah i'm sure
1: Um, yeah, it's funny because I'm a very social extroverted person. Um, so for me, this lifestyle is great because I have no problems making friends everywhere I go and walking up to people and asking questions, you know, asking for directions. Um, so for me, my personality really fits with this lifestyle, but absolutely, you know, I'm here by myself you know, at night after working, you know, 10 hours a day, like yesterday, I don't think I left my house. For example, I was working all day, you know, and I was like, Oh, I try to leave the house once a day. I try to go get dinner, or lunch, or, you know, speak some Spanish to people, um, you know, see, maybe see a site or so, you know, if I can, um, But some days like yesterday, I was just like, I was in work mode, you know, and I worked maybe 12 hours and there was a rainstorm and, you know, I just stayed home. And I think in the beginning, I think, you know, the first year or so, I really had this deep feeling of loneliness because I really missed my community and my family in Portland. Because, you know, I had just extricated myself from this lifestyle and this location where I had invested 10 years of my life. So, I think it was more acute then. And now, as I travel and I have developed this amazing network of other nomads from countries around the world, you know, I have this network that I connect with digitally anyway, becoming such a movement. There are digital nomad hubs around the world now. So, they're actually locations that are really conducive to this
2: lifestyle.
0: It's very interesting. So there's specific areas in specific regions. Like people are all going to one specific city and there's like a community of nomads living in that. So, so it's not only digital. You can actually go places where that community exists in real time.
1: I really wanted to make that point because it took me, like I said, nine months before I connected with this community. And now I know, I mean, I could fly to Berlin I could fly to Rio, Chiang Mai, Thailand, um, Lisbon, and have at least five to 10 contacts yeah. that I know well enough that I would actually you know, go out with, hang out with, work next to. Um, so there are major hubs around the world where they have really fast Wi-Fi and they're very affordable, relatively speaking. And they have great co-working spaces. They have great resources. They have talks and lectures and really robust networks of working digital nomads. So I lived in Chiang Mai, Thailand last year for a while. And I lived in Bali, um, Ubud and Canggu. Bali are really big hubs as well. And um, Lisbon is becoming a really big hub. Berlin, of course, is on the more expensive side. but has a really robust network of entrepreneurs and people who are living the, you know, um, digital nomad lifestyle, location, independent lifestyle. So I just really want to make that point because you don't have to be alone. You know, I don't have to be in this town and right right now (laughs) with no friends or new friends only. But, um, you know, I just really want to make that point that there are major hubs and, um, yeah, people you can connect with in real life. yeah,
0: I, I think that connection to other people is super important, no matter what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. whether we're doing it through a computer or whether we're doing it one on one face to face, I think whatever we're doing, whether we're building a business or we we're, we're building a lifestyle, I think that network and that and the relationships that you build with other people um, are is what will make it successful because that support network that you have, knowing that, you know, if I screw up, I do have people covering me. I have somebody that I could, I could call and say, you know, I have a, I have a problem here and mm-hmm. I need some help. And there's, there's a community out there that will drop everything and come and help you because you've built that relationship with them. And I think uh-huh. that's, I think that's so important and, and with anything that we're doing. And I could imagine that it's super important when you're by yourself, you know, in a place that you don't know, knowing that there are people online who are ready to drop things and help you. and and being knowing that there's these hubs around the world where there's a community who understand what you're doing and how mm-hmm. you're doing it and why you're doing it, uh, who, yeah. who could be there to help you. I could imagine that's super important.
1: Mm-hmm. And I really love the skill-sharing aspect of it. So, you know, not even just kind of helping when you really need it, but the skill-sharing mm-hmm. and really yeah. helping yeah. each other improve. I mean, I have seen incredible business partnerships come out of, the various digital nomad conferences I've attended yeah. um, and other kinds of partnerships. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's really a fruitful, you know, a fruitful network and a great thing to do is to go to those hubs. So that would be another piece of advice, I guess, if someone is really curious about this um, and it maybe if you're a little trepidatious, you know, I would say start with a place like Chiang Mai or Lisbon or a place where you know, it's pretty accessible to get started.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that, that's of all the things that we do at Entree Architect, that's my favorite part of Entree Architect. And I think why it's become so successful is that network of people Mm -hmm. and the relationships that people have built inside the Facebook group and inside the membership. And when Mm -hmm. we go to the meetup, when we go to the, to the conference and all of these communities, the the people that meet and can, and communicate every day online, they come together at the meetup. In, at the conference every year and mm-hmm. that that community and the and the support that we have there and because it's a private community uh, that skill sharing that knowledge that openness to share what they know with one another is 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 what makes those relationships powerful that mm-hmm. they are vulnerable and that they do open up and share and, and give give the knowledge openly to one another um, and I think that's really important in any community in order for the community to work and, mm-hmm. uh, and I can imagine that it's super important for, some, for a network of, of nomads who have intentionally gone out on their own to mm-hmm. have that same support and community uh, to allow it to happen. That it's just as important as the, com- that the digital tools that you have, um, yeah. that, that it's just as important to have those, those relationships and that network of, of people to help support you to make it work too.
1: And now as I travel and I have developed this amazing network of other nomads from countries around the world, you know, I have this network that I connect with digitally anyway. You know, there's a woman I met in Brazil in December who's from, I think she's from Poland and we, we Skype like you and I are doing, um, we Skype and we just fill each other in on how our businesses are going and, um, life and love and. Um, it's so amazing to have this network of people who understand what I'm going through. And so I feel like after three years, I definitely feel, I don't feel acutely lonely, hardly ever. Um, I really am enjoying my solitude and I feel like that's something that travel can help with if people are interested in really personal development and developing themselves and developing their relationship with themselves. You know, for me, mine is so much better. Because you are you are with yourself. You're relying on yourself for survival. Um, you're relying on yourself to make money, like just you. You're relying on yourself to figure out new countries and all of the challenges that come with moving around. Um, and then you are with yourself, you know, 90% of the time, 90, 95% of the time. And so for me now, I enjoy it you know, I've had some visitors lately and <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: time oh, to get God. out. <laughs> I'm realizing I've
1: really changed. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. If I have an evening alone now without plans, you know, and I can just like watch a movie. I'm so happy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it, as you were talking about you know, um, the connections that you have or that, that you that you're alone, but you have these connections with your network. Um, yeah. I would imagine that that network is, is for one, very, very powerful for you. Mm. Um, mm. But they actually become more than just a network, they become your group of friends, just like you have friends around town that you, you know, hung out with when you were in Portland. It's the same kind of thing, although it's happening through Skype, you make friendships and deep relationships and and that's your community, your network that you can connect with. Mm -hmm. It's just going through a a technology in order for that to happen. Is that important as part of what you're doing?
1: Having that network? Yeah. Oh, a a thousand percent. Yes. Um, Like I said, you know, the Nomad Cruise really changed my life um, because that was the first event I went to I mean, there are hundreds now and it's just growing all the events and retreats and workshops and, um, even online retreats and conferences, um, about the digital nomad lifestyle and how to make it work. Um, but the nomad cruise was the first one I went on and that was nine months after I became a nomad. And so the people I I was meeting before, you know, they were locals, you know, Lisbon locals. Um, where else was I, I (laughs) am like forgetting where I even have gone, you know, people in Thailand um, maybe expats, you know, they were interesting and great people that you would meet on a regular trip. But now since I connected with this nomad community, it's just completely changed my life. Not only the knowledge I've gained from these self-made millionaires. I mean, I have friends who are self-made millionaires now. I think that's yeah. impressive. I mean, I'm like, what? You're younger than me and you started how many businesses and what?
0: <laughs> and, they're, and it's all nomadic, right? They're all They're living that same lifestyle.
1: Maybe maybe they started their businesses, you know, at home in California, wherever they're from. And now they're, they have a lot more freedom because they have a lot more resources. Yeah. And also, I mean, the big, the big trend, the big thing right now is, um, especially with businesses and digital businesses is creating something where you don't have to be running it yourself.
0: Right. Passive income. But the whole
1: idea of passive income is, Probably the number one topic for my nomad friends. So, and there are lots of ways to create that. But um, I would say the ultimate goal for a lot of us is to create some streams of passive income, so you can enjoy surfing, you can, you know,
2: right. you can
1: go skydiving and you know doing all the fun things of travel and not working 12 hours a day while you're in, you know, Thailand living. It's like why are you in Thailand if you're just if you never leave the house. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Do you, do you have, do you have plans for the future? Do you sort of look at where you're going to be three to five years from now? And you, you're going to continue doing this forever or do you sort of look at this as a, you know, a phase that not a phase, but like a season in your life that this is the season where I was a nomad and someday I'm going to sort of, you know, settle down and be in a specific place, still travel mm-hmm. a lot, but sort of have a home base.
1: Mm-hmm. I also think about this on a daily basis <laughs> And I'm, I think I'm in a, a transition point right now, honestly. And I'm trying to figure that out. I'm not sure. Um, traveling and living abroad really suits me still. And I feel like, like I said, it's gotten easier and more fun the longer I've done it, you know, because, well, now I have this great job. Um, but, you know, you learn and grow. So with your business, you improve your business. Um, you know, I've created this amazing group of uh, nomad friends that I can connect with at any time. Um, so it's gotten so much easier and more fun. So I kind of don't want to quit now because I'm actually, I've actually figured it out after three years. So it's hard to just be like, Oh, that was fun.
2: (laughs) Right. Right. I'm
1: done. I'm going to move back to Portland. No, I don't, that's not going to happen. Um, I would like to own property. I would like a home base somewhere. Uh, or two home bases would be ideal
2: mm-hmm.
1: maybe in two different continents. Um, and, you know, I think that having this freedom of schedule is really important to me, but again, I'm very fortunate to have the job I have now at CVG where we are all remote, right. which is amazing. And I think we all really love that. So most of our team, I think works from their home, you know, with their families, um, all over the States. But I think I'm the only nomad actually at our company, but, um, you know, another one of us lives in Mexico full time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just really grateful for this job because I feel like I could have a home base or maybe have a home base for six months of the year and then maybe travel around the other six months yeah. while working. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but I, I'm not worried about it. Honestly, I really feel at peace with my decisions and um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, it sounds like it, it, that you you're sort of still in doing that. And you sort of perfected that or, or getting good at that lifestyle that you're living. And so it's enjoyable. Um, but somewhere along the line, you may you may sort of start designing again. So what mm-hmm. does my what does my life look like three to five mm-hmm. years from now? And what does that transition look like? And how can I sort of live that perfect life th- for the next season? that I'm going to to connect. So I can still have some of these great things that I have with this nomadic lifestyle, but it sort of fills in some of the other gaps that you know the lifestyle doesn't allow me to have.
1: Very true. And that's why I think a home base would be great. Yeah, right. um, and I'm calling it a home base on purpose, right? <laughs> I'm not calling it my one and only home or- right.
0: Just a place where I'm you like can land every once in a while.
1: Right, exactly. So that would be really important to me. Um, I am very much, into community right now, community, deep relationships, not having a million thousand friends, you know, in quote marks. Uh, So I'm definitely veering towards that more, you know, deeper exploration, deeper relationships um, and really investing in the community where you are. You know, I don't believe in the whole, I'm going to go see three countries in a week. No, why? (laughs) I've been in Mexico for two months and I feel like I have not even scratched the surface of this culture. Yeah. All. I mean, I work full-time, you know, it's different if you're if you're not working and you're here for two months, but right.
0: um, well, you're, you're not on vacation though. No, it's not a vacation. This no. is your life This is this is just right. where you're living right now. So right. so Mexico right now is your home,
1: right? Absolutely. So it's
0: very different. It's again mindset very different mindset Um than a vacation even if it was like a three-week vacation a long vacation, you're still not living there It's not, not okay. home right now. This is this is your home.
1: Mm-hmm Thank you for saying that, because it really irks me when people ask me.
0: Yeah. What's it like being on this big, long vacation?
1: <laughs> like, what is a vacation? I know people see my Instagram
0: or whatever, and oh, she's always on vacation. No. <laughs> well, you know, I think that's probably one of the things that makes it so interesting to me, because I'm, I'm really interested in the flexibility of the remote studio and building remote studios as an architect and and. <laughs> the whole idea of using technology to build the life that we want to live, right? And to mm-hmm. have this, this life and work integration, that it's not this balance, I have to do this and that, and that it's all just one thing. Um, and you, you're sort of taking it to the next level. You know, so we're, I'm based, but it's all remote. My staff is remote, my that clients is. are remote. Um, you know, Entree Architect is completely digital and remote. So I'm literally moving from New York to North Carolina and nothing's going to change. because of the way I've built my life. Um, And you've taken that one step further where you can continue to move around um, Um, and go anywhere that there's an internet connection. mm -hmm. Yes. It's it's really interesting to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sort of sharing your life with us, opening up a little bit, because I really found that very interesting to sort of listen and hear about your mindset behind it all. I think that was really interesting. Um, Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you the question that we ask everybody. Um, mm. what's one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? Throw mm-hmm. it all away and live a nomadic lifestyle. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just put the closed <laughs> sign on the door and <laughs> done. I would probably
1: not recommend that. No, not a good idea. <laughs> Don't do that, guys. So so what would
0: you recommend an architect do to to build a better business for tomorrow?
1: Sure. Um, I'm just going to speak from my own area of expertise, yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: obviously. So for me, it's all about content. You know, they say content is king. And for architects, your content is your design work, right? It's your what you're creating. It's what you're producing. Um, however, I'm talking about your written communications um, and the content that expresses who you are as a company. So really looking at, what you are sharing, and that is on your website, that is on social media. I know a lot of firms have accounts, they have Twitter, they have Facebook, et cetera, and they don't update them. You know, the last post was from 2016. Um, the website, usually the content is out of date. Um, and also I would say just absolutely look at what how you're expressing yourself in the world. And I know this falls by the wayside because what you actually produce and do is way more important. You know, I totally understand that. And that is what you do for a living, right? And so things like marketing, things like website content, they really get pushed down. And I I totally, again, understand that. Um, But I would just really encourage whenever there's a, a down period, even on a weekend, just really look at your content and try to look at it objectively. Look at it from your client's point of view you know, what are you saying about your firm? And what are you saying about your expertise? Um, I would say that a lot of firms actually downplay their abilities and their success and the value that they bring to their clients. So that's something that I love to do at CVG for our partners and then also for my clients on the side. Um, How? What are you saying and how can you fully express the value that you truly bring to your clients? Um, How can we kind of Pull that out and um, show it for the world. So I would definitely just say, look at your content, look at your bios. I know I'm doing a little plug for Mark's webinar. Yeah,
0: that was a great session.
1: How to write your own bio. Thank you. Yeah, so many times. And especially like principals, you know, people with 30 years experience, I feel like their bios are the ones that are the most humble sometimes. You know, like say what you've done, you know, talk about your successes, talk about, you know, the brilliant work you've done. Don't use the word brilliant but <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know
1: i would i would say that that's there's always room for improvement on on what people are how they're expressing themselves
0: yeah absolutely and and uh again if you want to join the membership it, you can go right to entrearchitect.com go right up to the menu and just click join and you can join us um so Zylea, the your website if somebody wanted to sort of see what you do connect with you um com. so it's xy L I A B U R O S dot com. It'll be on the show notes as well. So you can just go to the show notes. This is episode 273. And you can uh, just go to entrearchitect.com slash episode 273. And we'll have all the links to everything. Um, if somebody wanted to connect with you, what's the best way to do that, Zailia?
1: Sure. Yeah, on that website, there is a contact form. And you can just scroll down to the bottom and just type in your notes. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions about you know, communications, you know, needs or questions, and also about travel. You know, if any of you are really interested in exploring this, uh, I love talking about it. And I love helping people and I love encouraging people. So definitely feel free to contact me through that form.
0: All right, cool. And if you want to follow along, you can you can follow uh, Xylia on Instagram on her personal Instagram. It's Xylista. So it's X Y L I S T A. And we'll have, that, we'll have a link on that as well on the show notes. So, um, all right. This has been a fascinating conversation. I'm, I'm really interested in this, and this has been really interesting. I've learned a lot about that lifestyle. And, and like I said, I, I wouldn't uh, put it past us that Amory and I will someday do something similar, because we definitely want to go back to Italy. We did our, our honey, honeymoon in Italy. Amory spent a, a semester in Italy, so we'll definitely go back there. But I'd love to sort of travel all over and see, you should see definitely. the
2: world.
1: Do it there. You know, again, on the nomad cruise, there are people of all walks of life, all ages. There were young families with their babies. You know, there are a couple of babies on the cruise Um, and people into their sixties and seventies retirees or people who just, you know, they can take their business on the road and maybe their kids are out of the house now. Um, So really I can connect you with anyone. Yeah.
0: um, Well, I'll let you know when I'm, when the time's right. That's definitely Mm -hmm. a future season. I'm right mm-hmm. in the middle of a, of a current season. So mm-hmm. so uh, I'm, I'm excited about what we're doing now and, and the possibility of what we'll do in the future. So, Sylea, thank you very much for hanging out here and sharing your knowledge on Entree Architect Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Mark.
0: So you have just listened to episode 273 of Entree Architect Podcast. I know that one was a little bit different than usual. I don't know exactly how it applies to architects, Unless, of course, you're living an independent, a location-independent lifestyle as an architect. And if you are, I need to know about that. So you need to connect with me. Connect me with me on Facebook or Twitter or send me an email at mark at If you're an architect living an location-independent lifestyle, I want to know about it. It's just very interesting to me. Um, it, and I would love for you to share this episode. This is episode 273. Entreearchitect.com slash episode 273. That keeps us growing here at Entree Architect Podcast. Um, I just found uh, um lifestyle very interesting. Uh, maybe someday, maybe someday Marie and I will be traveling the world independently, uh, living as, uh, as location independent. You know, I'd love to just ha- head out to Italy for a few months or a year and just hang out there and then move on to somewhere else. Very, very interesting. And the the tools that we have today absolutely allows us to do that. And so uh, very, very interesting, possibly, uh, you know, more and more people may be doing this in the future, just the way uh, so many other things are changing in our society these days. It's not so foreign to live this way anymore, uh, because it can be done. You know, why live in one place your entire life? Very, very interesting. Hey, if you uh, want some information on how to build a better brand, go check out entrearchitectcom slash scorecard. It's a new assessment tool, the Entree Architect uh, Build Your Brand Marketing Scorecard. It's there for free for you, entrearchitectcom slash Scorecard. It will give you a score of how you're doing with your marketing right now, and then it will share some great ideas and some resources all for free on how you can build a better brand. So build your brand scorecard at entrearchitect.com scorecard. Go check that out right now. You know, if you are an entrepreneur architect who runs or owns your own small firm, then yes, you are an entre architect and I encourage you to build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, share what you know. See you in Las Vegas. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling
1: people like, oh yeah, we're doing this. I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet
0: because it scares the out of me. Calling all small firm architects, it's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation, was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. (laughs) So uh, for me, the the artistic skill, the architectural
1: skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more.
0: Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the context and clarity community where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.